From the rugged desert outside Yuma, Arizona, this is Outpost Outspoken. Outpost Outspoken is the official podcast of U.S. Army Yuma Proving Ground, which conducts natural environment testing of military equipment in Arizona, Alaska, and the tropics. Welcome to this segment of Outpost Outspoken. I'm your host, Anna Henderson. U.S. Army Yuma Proving Ground supports the Department of Defense and the Army. Its mission to test equipment for the warfighter attracts veterans from all branches of service after their separation from the military. Jonathan Olbert has had the unique experience to work at YPG and also serve in the Army Reserves at the same time. Welcome, John. Tell me about your career in the Army. Well, I started out uh, my career in the Army at uh, Arizona State University where uh, through the ROTC program there. I commissioned as an engineer officer uh, with a degree in civil engineering. From there, I did uh, advanced training down at uh, Fort Benning, Georgia, the Airborne School, and then settled into my first duty station in the swamps of uh, Fort Polk, Louisiana. I was uh, immediately assigned to a unit responsible for the stateside disaster response, and then uh, eventually moved to complete captain's career course up in Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri. As I was getting settled in there, I supported uh, efforts as a result of Superstorm Sandy that occurred on the East Coast. I volunteered to support the Army Corps of Engineers there with the relief effort at the Emergency Operations Center as one of the battle captains running 24-hour ops there. Uh, returning from there, I completed captain's career course, moved to Fort Hood, Texas, uh, where I was a battalion construction officer in an engineer battalion, and then eventually went down to a civil affairs battalion where I was the battalion engineer there. While there, I deployed to Central America, the Caribbean, to support counter-narco-terrorism, human trafficking operations throughout the uh, Civil Affairs Engagement Program, as well as uh, supported disaster relief and preparedness operations. It seems like you had a really diverse career. You started (laughs) to go to school for engineering, and then you went to humanitarian-type work. How did that transition? Yeah, no, it was um, the... The lower echelon units that I was in was um, always construction focused, and so we our kind of effort was guided into debris removal, clearance operations. So it was kind of a being able to use instead of your your vehicles and equipment to build roads and buildings. It was hey, how to possibly remove debris from a disaster area, do it safely, and uh, also search out for civilians and support them in uh, reconstruction efforts. So. It was an interesting experience and a, a good way to diversify outs, outside of just the typical construction and warfighting aspect of the military. It seems like it was not only like physical a physical job, but a mental job as well. There was a lot of technical information that you had to know, as well as planning information and a liaison and coordination, especially when you work with civil authorities. So it was, it was definitely a different outside the scope of your typical um, soldier activities, but uh, it was definitely, definitely worthwhile there. But um, yeah, after after my active duty time, you know that was that was about it, and I moved on to uh, join the Army Reserves and came out to Yuma, Arizona. How long did you serve full time active duty? Full time active duty was uh, approximately about seven years, and so after about seven years, um, it was it was time to get out. Uh, my wife, her family's all from Yuma, and uh, she needed to be with her father, who ended up passing during our transition out here. But I still wanted to maintain that. Um, connection with the army and the warfighter. And so I also felt like that's where my, my strengths kind of best suited me. So I decided to come out to YPG where it's like an exciting environment, get to work with tactical vehicles and everything. Um, I considered it to be, to be pretty fun uh, and uh, it was nice to tackle challenges that you know, directly support the warfighter. 
So at this point, you are a reservist, and then you're also working for YPG. How did that help you while you're doing your duties here? Because you started as a test officer, correct? Yeah, as a, as a test officer, I guess if you're civilian engineer coming into YPG, you may not have the mindset and understanding about what are tactical vehicles, how are they used, how are they employed, um, how should they act and respond to to user input. So being able to have the experience as a, someone out there operating and in the field with the equipment that's tested out here, uh, you kind of see like, hey, this is this is what the end result we need, and we want to make sure we get the best product out to soldiers. Now, how long were you in your career at YPG when you got a very interesting phone call that kind of changed <laughs> everything up? Yeah, so it was about two, three years into uh, into my time here when I got a, a phone call from my reservist commander and said, I don't know what you did or who you pissed off, John, but you got you got to pack your bags. You're going to Iraq. You'll be there in a couple months. And I'm like, what? Excuse me? So I was mobilized and uh, reassigned to the 18th Airborne Corps to uh, assist in operations out there supporting CJTF OIR, which is basically the counter-ISIS mission. And so 18th Airborne Corps has large headquarters in uh, both Kuwait as well as Iraq. And so I kind of transition between the two areas and uh, supported out with engineer operations there, mainly construction. Now we joke that you got in trouble and that's why, but <laughs> if you you know look back to all the previous experience that you had, you had airborne, you had, you know, rescue, rebuilding. So all that kind of just, you know, seemed like they picked the perfect guy with that perfect experience yeah. for it. Um, and how long was that deployment and how did YPG react with you? You're like, I have to leave. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you know, I uh, talked with my supervisors, they fully supported me. Um, Dean Shimizu, he was the first one I went to, and he he said, well, we hate to lose you, but we, we want to make sure that uh, you're taken care of. Um, and then I talked to Colonel Poppenberg about it. He's like, oh, yeah, it'd be great. It'd be great for your career. You'll, you'll have a great time, great experience. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> so <laughs> it was it was pretty set that I was on my way out the door. But um, you're like, you sure everyone, you everyone, wanted to test this? You sure? <laughs> yeah, everyone here supported me. And what's, what was interesting is at the time I was uh, testing a piece of equipment that while I was in Iraq – I actually saw it out there and being used. Well, I, I heard it being used <laughs> in the middle of the night when it was uh, taking down drones. But, um, but, yeah, it was a pretty interesting experience out there, seeing the results of work that we do here at YPG. Wow. All yeah. right. And then once you headed back to YPG, uh, you transitioned from a test officer into another role. Can you tell me about that transition and what this current job entails? Yeah. So I, I left my test officer position in the Combat and Automotive Systems Division, and then, you know, I thoroughly enjoyed that position, but uh, I moved on to a position as an investments manager in the technologies and investments directorate. And so my one primary uh, job focuses on identifying needs, developing solutions, prioritizing projects, getting funding for everything. In the past two years, I've been uh, helping with YPG's uh, planning efforts and execution for project convergence as well. And so um, most recently, we executed the Technology Gateway event, and that was back in September and October of last year. Uh, and then also some of my other duties uh, revolve around being a, um, a COR for the Soil Environmental Research Contract, and that basically executes activities across all three test centers. So I have kind of a, you know, an investments management job as well as you know, some other development jobs that always kind of keeps me working and not on my toes. So it's good. And TID 
is forward looking a lot. Yes. So yeah. how would you say it plays into the Army modernization? It's an interesting organization here at YPG, and I, I really uh, think of it as strategically focused. I don't want to use too many buzzwords here, but <laughs> you know, TID, TID does work to transform YPG to the next level where we need to be. And you know, we do that through investing in all the key capabilities that we need and develop those solutions. Uh, for the many challenges that uh, YPG as well as the ATEC enterprise encounters, uh, so it's it's a lot of work and and you know meeting with other people, making sure everything's synchronized together to get the effect that we want. I uh, only heard six buzzwords. You're <laughs> well, good. <laughs> well, you know specifically all all the the test requirements that are coming down the road. Uh, we lay down that strategic plan. You know, we meet those requirements. Uh, we make out that plan, and then we, we execute. If we're successful in all of our endeavors, you know, we've positioned ourselves in YPG uh, to really be in that position uh, to provide, you know, ensuring that safe and effective testing uh, on all the combat equipment we come across, which will eventually give us overmatch against our global threats, and eventually, you know, we'll, we'll be standing ready to be that Army of 2030. Um, let's talk about you outside of work. You're also very busy outside of work. You're married. You have two young children. Plus, you're a volunteer coach. I love my, my free time spending it with uh, my family and the community. Being a soccer coach allows you to engage with just not your kids and get them involved in a passion that you once had or still have. And then, uh, you know, make sure you see the excitement in the kids' faces that they're learning something new. But, uh, you know, I always like to I like to garden. I love the outdoors. I love, um, you know, camping outside. So if anyone out there needs a outdoor buddy to go camping, hunting, target shooting, whatever, we can uh, crack open a beer and have some fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like you live a very exciting and full life. And we really thank you for your service to the country and also what you do for YPG. No, thank you, Anna. Welcome back to Outpost Outspoken. In 2022, U.S. Army Yuma Proving Grounds incoming chaplain had the difficult task of rebuilding the congregation and the programs that the restrictions due to the COVID pandemic had shut down. Chaplain Captain Ryan Pierce, a former Army Ranger, took the challenge head on. Today, he joins us to talk about the challenges and the successes. Welcome, Chaplain. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Now, at this point, you've been at YPG for about six months. How's it been for you and your family? So, yeah, we got here in July, and of course, that's one of the hottest months uh, here at YPG. And so that was uh, kind of a shock, especially coming from the East Coast. But other than the weather, uh, getting here in July was great. And, you know, we've been here for about five months now. Things have only gotten better. You know, I got a wife, four kids, and we're loving YPG. Tell me about the situation at the chapel when you first took over in mid-2022. Yeah, so there were still some COVID restrictions and we're, we were kind of coming out of COVID. So the chapel at YPG, just like the chapels across the army kind of took a hit. And so it was a very small congregation. And I, I, I just knew that, you know, we got to rebuild the chapel and we got to rebuild the congregation. And, and that's been my focus, you know, since, since I got here. I spoke with you when you first arrived and I know that there were some specific goals that you wanted for the chapel. What were those? Well, uh, obviously to increase attendance, but just to really be a, a light and a beacon in the community. I mean, to re revitalize the chapel and in so doing, revitalize the community. The YPG chapel is literally basically in the center 
of the Howard Cantonment area in between lower housing and upper housing. And I just wanted the chapel to be a place, you know, for people to go, of course, you know, for Sunday services, but all the other ministries that we have going on and just wanted to revitalize it and the community. And I know that you do things like having fresh coffee always on hand and just reminding people that your doors are always open. So I think that's amazing. So in late 2022, you kicked off a ton of programs. Tell me about those. We have three main ongoing programs that we started, like you said, later in 2022, and they're going to continue on for as long as I'm going to be here at least. Uh, The first one, Youth of the Chapel. So that is middle schoolers, high schoolers, and they meet twice a month. Uh, And then you have Ladies Social, and they meet monthly. And then the third one is Parents and Kids Playgroup, and they meet twice a month as well. So those are three big ministries, ongoing ministries that we have at the YPG Chapel that are really targeted for those particular audiences. Youth of the Chapel, middle school and high schoolers, ladies social, obviously the ladies of YPG, and then parents and kids playgroup, which my wife leads twice a month. And um, they either meet at the chapel or they go around to the different playgrounds throughout YPG and just a great you know, opportunity for parents and kids uh, to get together. And you also hosted a lunch that community was welcome, but it kind of also focused a little bit on the workforce as well. You hosted it right in the middle of lunchtime and people were able to come out and hear a little bit about your service. Yeah. So that was a spiritual fitness luncheon and I'd like to continue to do them maybe once a quarter. Uh, But last quarter uh, did a spiritual fitness luncheon and just like it sounds, it was a luncheon determined to, you know, improve the spiritual fitness of the YPG community. So we had some soldiers there. We also had a lot of the civilian workforce there. And uh, that was just a great luncheon that the chapel provided. And then I got to speak and hopefully uh, some people learned some things about their spiritual fitness. And you recently hosted Vacation Bible School for the Children on Post. Tell me what was significant about this VBS. The big significance of it was we we hadn't done anything like that since pre-COVID. Uh, so it had been, at, you know, I guess at least three years. And also, most people think of Vacation Bible School as happening during the summer. And I wanted to do just a one-day winter Vacation Bible School. So that's what we did. We had almost 30 kids sign up. Uh, we had about a dozen adult volunteers. So a really great showing there for the kids and, and, and for the volunteers. And that was that was a great event, but it was also a great warm-up for us because we want to do a full week VBS sometime this upcoming summer. And two points that you and I had talked about before, even though it was vacation Bible school and you just think of only children, you had mentioned that there was travel camp visitors that were volunteering. Tell me about your volunteers. Yeah, so the snowbirds have been huge at at the chapel, whether on Sunday morning or during the other ministries that that I've uh, talked about. And in particular at VBS, I mean, events like that, we can't do without the great volunteerism of the Snowbirds. So a lot of great volunteers there. It was a success in large part because of them. You had mentioned this was also your first time hosting a vacation Bible school. Yes. And I mean, considering it was the first time that we had led one, uh, I think, you know, once again, it, it, it went off great. I mean, my kids have been to many 
vacation Bible schools, that was the first one that I was actually in charge of. Uh, so I had experience from the outside in, but this was the first time that I actually was in charge of one. Okay. And I hear that you want to continue this and again, host a longer one in the summers. Yes. We're, we are shooting for the end of summer and, and probably do a four day VBS. So another unique step you have taken is teaming up with other community support units at YPG. How has this helped you reach more people and integrate yourself and your religious affairs specialist into the community? Anything that we do at, at the YPG chapel, we're, we're not trying to do in a box. I mean, I you know it goes back to chapel revitalization and community revitalization. And the best way to revitalize the community is to get other people involved and to reach out to other people. And that's what we've done, uh, you know, over the last few months, especially, whether that's here at YPG, whether that's going all the way into the town of Yuma or even MCAS. I mean, we, we integrate ourselves with the MCAS UMTs, unit ministry teams as well. So it's really just, you know, one, one big uh, team and one big fight to, to revitalize the chapel and community here. So speaking of the Yuma community, I know that you have been integrating yourself in the community by doing the invocations at events there, and I think that's always appreciated by the community. Before you head out, can you just remind the listeners how they can reach you and also the times of your two services each Sunday? Yeah, so we can be reached by simply typing in on Facebook, uh, YPG Chapel, and you'll find us, Yuma Proving Ground Chapel or just YPG Chapel. You can uh, send us a message that way. Of course, you can come to the chapel at, at any time, uh, our doors are, are mostly unlocked. We're, we're there most of the time. And either myself or one of the religious affairs specialists will, will be able to help you. Our two service times on Sunday morning, we have 0, 930 the, is the Catholic service. And then the 1100 service is the Protestant service. And that's the service that I lead. And that service ends at approximately noon and noon every Sunday and this is an invitation for everyone. We have a potluck uh, lunch at noon every Sunday. Even if you don't bring anything, that's fine. You can come. We always have enough food. So uh, hope to see everyone on, on Sunday morning. So thank you for having me. Yeah, Chaplain Pierce, thank you for your time. And thank you for everything that you do for the YPG community and the Yuma community. Thank you. This has been Outpost Outspoken. Thank you again for listening. We'll see you next time from the Army's busiest test center.